Let me share some word with you. I want to stand for the reading of God's word. Uh, God is good. All the time. That's, listen, that's not religious talk. It's the way you live. Okay? God is good. All the time. And we've taught you, if you haven't learned these, go back. Now, last week, Andy was here. Wow, what a great weekend. Amen. Saturday and Sunday. You know, if Andy or, you know, Abigail or Marco, any of you guys that are watching, we love you. Thank you for being a part of freedom. Um, but we've been in a series called God is Good, and I, I, we're getting ready to move forward, but I, I, I want you to hang with me. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endures to all generations. Uh, I want you to read Psalm 8, all right? Psalms chapter 8, read it with me. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels and you have crowned him with glory and honor and you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands and you have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, how excellent is your name in all of the earth. When I consider, man, that you are mindful that we are on his mind. I want to talk to you today about God's great salvation. You ready to receive the word? Lord, bless us as we enter into your word. Open up our hearts. Open up our hearts, open up our hearts, and we rebuke the enemy who would try to cause people to be confused. We ask for clarity. Holy Spirit, come. Rest upon your servant here. Rest upon all of us that we might give and receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. may be seated. I said God is great. Verse 4 and 5, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? You have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him. You have crowned them with glory and honor. Anybody got a crown? Anybody? Anybody crowned? Has anybody been crowned? If you know me, you know I'm not afraid of bugs. Not afraid. Not afraid of bugs at all. I am uh, a warrior when it comes to bugs. The other day we were sitting in the den and we saw, Diana saw a spider that was crawling up the wall. And I swiftly put my armor on, said, yo, fair damsel. <laughs> climbed upon, I have a little toy box there that Avalyn uses when she comes to our house. And climbed upon it, reached up, killed spider, walked away. <laughs> I'm just not afraid of those, those big black uh, water bugs, whatever you call them, I don't know. They look like giant flying cockroaches. What are you, palmetto bugs? So you, they're American cockroaches. Okay, they're everywhere. Okay, I don't care who you are. They will climb in. They will climb in your house. How many have seen one of those things? Okay, okay. They need to die. Okay. 
I saw one the other day and I attacked. I just went straight into attack mode, didn't have anything in my hand, so I just slapped it. Thank you. Where's my men? Where are the brothers in this house? <laughs> slapped it. I've killed several of them with my hand. I do wash my hands, 40 seconds, antibacterial, you know, I do. It's not that I want them, it's just that it's a bug, okay? It's a bug. I'm like a billion times larger than that bug. It looks at me and it goes, whoa. It saw me coming and began to run because it is afraid of me. Spiders, I'm not afraid of spiders. I'm not afraid of spiders. Big spiders, I don't care. I'm bigger than the biggest spider that you have seen. Say, well, they're venomous. (laughs) Why don't you catch my poison? You know, I just... I'm not afraid of spiders. Bees. I'm not afraid of bees. I'm not afraid of bees. You say, well, you know, I'm not allergic to them as well. If you're allergic, be careful. But, you know, I, I remember one day Diane and I had stopped uh, to go into a restaurant and there was uh, a wasp that was, it seemed like a lady thought it was attacking. Because when you think you're, it's attacking, it is. Because really it's just flying and you're going, ah! And, and it's just, but anyway, besides that, I, it bothered me. And I saw where the wasp nest was. It was in one of the signs, like the handicap signs. And I just went and pulled it out and stomped on it. I am bold and brave. Don't play with me. Don't play with me, bugs. Some people think, you're crazy, Pastor Rick. That's what you are. But I'm also merciful. Has anybody been to my home before? Okay. I have a, you know, we have a little house in Ocean Lakes. And we are blessed to have a little pool in the back. And, uh, and during this time of the year... Uh, there I go out and I look in the pool and bugs, spiders, all kinds of beetles. This other kind of bug, I don't even know what it is. I've looked it up before. I can't remember the name of it, but it's about that long. And it looks like it has tusks on the front of it, you know, that sort of thing. And, and, uh, but when I look at them and I see them in the pool, I get my skimmer net. And I go and I scoop them up and uh, look up on them and walk to the yard and I just... Let them in because I believe bugs should be in the yards. You know, I think they, you know, sometimes they, they do good things, you know, when they tunnel through the grass and things of that nature. And I thought they need to be, I just wanted to put them in their place, but I, I didn't feel like I wanted them in the pool. And I could only imagine as the bugs see me as I walk out to the pool with the skimmer and I scoop them and they say, Oh, mighty one, thank you. Thank you. I thought you, you were the slayer of bugs, but now you have mercy and I, mercifully take the bugs and but can I tell you that some of those bugs have no sense whatsoever I will scoop them up in my little skimmer net and they will climb out and jump back into the very pool that I just rescued them from and I say bugs what are you doing right now don't you know that if you stay here for too long there is a skimmer that will scoop you in and it will suck you into the depths and you will one day I will have to take my little basket out and clean you out of the basket because you did not take the moment in your life to allow me to rescue you and I feel like maybe I'm like God like to them but I relate more to the bugs I mean how many times has God tried to rescue you and you just jumped right back into the mess that he rescued you out of 
How many times have you felt the mercy and the grace of God as he reached in and into the miry clay and raised you up and then you find yourself, yeah, but not today. That was Sunday. You know, Sunday because Monday, you know, I'm a Christian on Sunday, but today is Monday. You should not have spoken to me like that today. You know, maybe you didn't, but in your heart you did. So you're walking around with offense because of something that somebody that was in a mess and broken in their own life said to you and now you're all offended. You don't know what great salvation you have. Sometimes we forget who we are. Can I get an amen from somebody? I don't think we realize how saved we are. Anybody got communion today? Because if you're online, make sure you get some juice and bread and join us in communion at the conclusion of this gathering. Hold on to it, but you know, it's, it's kind of different. I mean, when I was a child, you know, our communion was always in cups and we would pass it out. And, and I, I've never been a part of a more, you know, orthodox, ecumenical kind of a movement. Uh, I was not raised as a Catholic, though I have great love and appreciation for my brothers and sisters in the Catholic faith. If you're Catholic, welcome to freedom, okay? If you're a Methodist, welcome to freedom. If you're a Presbyterian, welcome to freedom. I, if you're, come on, welcome to freedom. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I haven't had that where somebody handed me the cup, but I, we, we have these cool little plastics. Aren't those plastic cups really cool? And we, we use those, and sometimes people grab some and take them home with us. Uh, but I, I, we had received the delivery of those, and we bless and sanctify before we receive it, but we receive, we receive them in the mail like everything, because right now everything comes in the mail, doesn't it? Everything comes in the mail. I mean, Christmas this year is coming in the mail, Okay. Okay, Amazon is coming to... Anyway, it's, that's the way it's co- going to happen, you know? So we receive it in the mail, and, you know, we put it in a particular place. But when we open it up, we noticed that some of them were not sealed properly, and so it was all a mess. There was, like, juice everywhere and some bread, and, and it was just... They were useless to us, and the, the people who provide them, you know, they gladly refunded our money. And I, I thought, you know, but isn't that really the story... Isn't some some of us, isn't your communion a little messed up? Haven't you kind of spilled it all over the place? Anybody ever done that? It's like, it's like, yeah, I received the blood and the body of Christ. I received that, but you know, it's not like I really receive it. You know, it's kind of like all over the place. Can I tell you that probably uh, you think you're messy. Your communion is messy enough to get to wherever you are. Your communion with Christ. When I'm talking about it, I'm not talking about just the the receiving of it, I'm telling you that Christ really wants to have communion with you. And he wants you to know who you are and that he is with you in your brokenness and your difficulty. I took a shortcut a month or so ago behind the food lion. You know, you can park in the main parking lot or you can drive behind these places. And there's all kinds of mess behind them. They might look really clean on the front, but on the back, they're like dumpsters and stuff laying all over the place. And I thought, I'm going to save some time and just scoop behind this food line. And as I did, uh, suddenly I heard my tire go, thum, 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 thum. it wasn't flat. It wasn't fat, flat. I thought, oh, no, it's going to be flat. I've run over something. I ran over a bolt. I didn't run over a nail. I didn't run over a screw. I ran over a bolt. And it stuck right in my tire. And then, you got, anybody got the cool little computer gadget on your Renegade like I do? And, uh, and so it tells me if I'm running low on air. So I clicked that on and noticed, still got air, okay? But the thump, 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 thump was just bothering me. 
And so I thought, I'm going to go somewhere and get somebody to fix this for me. Because I don't want to run around. So there's a, you know, a tire shop nearby. I pulled in. And I said, look, I got a, it looks like a bolt in my tire. Could you come out and fix it? And I was, yeah, we can fix it. It'll be about three hours. I don't have three hours to fix my are you with me? Come on, where are my brothers at in the room? Are you with me? I don't have three hours right now. And uh, so, so, what am I going to do? Uh, went to another place. Nope. I mean, you could see they were packed out. I, I, I'm going to have to break down and go home and pull open the drawer that I know has that tire patch kit in it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And, uh, but I know you got to do this the timing really good if you've done this before. Anybody done this before where you had a nail or something in your tire and this was a big bolt? And so I thought, okay, I'm going to do this. Jesus, help me. Help me right now. And, and so I got it. I got the tire placed just right and I got down there and I pulled it out. You know, great sound because, you know, uh, you know, now you're losing air fast. But then I stick that rasp inside. Look it up. YouTube it sometime, okay? And I clean out the hole. And then I get my other tool and I put the long rubber patch on it. And I put glue all the way around it. And I shove it in. And I hear, I look, praise Jesus. <laughs> Cut the little ends of it. Sealed it up really good. And you know what happened? It held. Next week, I ran over two more nails. I didn't stop any place. I'm taking this bad boy home. I can repair it. I have repaired three holes in my tires. And I check them almost every day. See, some of you are only saved on Sunday when the garage is open. But God wants you to know that he has saved you with a great salvation. Am I making sense to anybody in the room? A great salvation. He wants you to be delivered on Monday or Tuesday or when you run over something in life and you know that it's going to cause you to be stranded. He wants to deliver you abundantly in an extraordinary way. He wants everything that is leaking in your life to be plugged by his grace and his power. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying right now. God's great salvation is the fix. He can fix anything. And might I tell you, brothers and sisters, that we are not just religiously saved. We have received what Hebrews tells us is a great salvation. You have not been saved like a bug in a pool. You have been saved. You have been raised. You have been crowned. You have been, as Andy said last week, I love this. I wrote it down because I don't think I'd used the word before. You have been divinized. Anybody use that word? Say it, divinized. Say it. Use that. Well, I know about demonized. I know I've been demonized before. Anybody ever felt the power of Satan just controlling you? Anybody wave at me if you've ever been in that situation where you could feel the enemy controlling your life, controlling your thoughts, controlling everything about you, but somehow you were set free by the grace and the power of Jesus. And now you kind of have this feeling, yeah, I'm saved, so the devil is gone. But the question is, who is home now? 
Who is really living in your life? I have been divined. That's right. I am the divine Pastor Rick. That's who I am. And come on. and Come on, Sherman. And you are divine. Come on. Anybody get this? You are divine. You are made divine. I am of God. God is inside of me. No, you want the other salvation. You want just a little bit. You just want, you just want $5 worth of Jesus. Give me just five dollars worth of Jesus. I'm going to run to the dollar store and get me some Jesus. Just, just enough. No, I am a multi-billionaire worth of Jesus. That's what I am. I got so much of Jesus in my life, and I want more. I want more. I want all that is great. Salvation has to offer. I just don't want a little religious fix. That's not what I want. I want every time my tire leaks for it to be filled, and I want to stop falling into the same pool every week. I want to be free, set free, utterly free. I want to be saved to the uttermost. Jesus. He says in Hebrews uh, Hebrews 2, it's it's kind of a frightening if you read it all, but I want to share this part. How shall we escape if we ignore such a great salvation? Let me ask you this. Is there anything else that can save you other than this salvation? Come on. Is there anything else that can save you other than this great salvation. Anything else. You see, great speaks of magnitude of a thing. Look at the scripture. This salvation. Let's talk about this salvation. This salvation. Say it. This salvation. I'm not talking about the little religious nugget that you got. I'm not talking about. <laughs> help me, Jesus. It sounded mean. I don't mean to be mean. I just understand this. Anybody understand what I'm saying? How many understand the little religiosity that you got a hold of? Anybody understand that? The little, you know, I, I, have, I have an intellectual ascent to Christ. You, you can't be smart enough to be saved. You got to be needy enough to be saved. This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord. Now, can I say that whoever announces a thing really impacts me. Okay? Some people announce things these days, and all I know is they're probably lying. (laughs) You hear me? Which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him, but God also testified it to it by signs, wonders, various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. I want that salvation. Anybody want that salvation? I want the gifts. I I also want, how many have experienced miracles in your life? Anybody? If it had not been for God, is there anybody in this room that would not be breathing today? If it had not been for God, great. Speaks of the magnificence of a thing, the magnitude of a thing. Like in Virginia Beach, if you want to see a great mountain, you should go to Mount Trashmore. <laughs> Climb the heights of Mount Trashmore and look upon the city from that grand, grand mountain. They call it Mount, okay? Be better called Great Bump. <laughs> Great Bump Trashmore. I mean, I like it. I like the park. I'm glad they did it. I'm glad they buried some trash, all right? I, I, I'm glad for all of that. But, but if you compare that to where I come from. Anybody come from 
places where there are hills. Anybody? It is, it's not even to be compared uh, to the hills of Appalachia. It's not even to be compared. But wait, wait. If you go there, but then you go to uh, Colorado, you're looking at a whole new level of mountain. Wait, wait. But if you go there, and then you go to Mount Everest, and you see a mountain that's 29,035 feet above sea level, you're talking a whole new level of greatness. So I want you to know when I say great salvation, when the word of God says great salvation, he's saying, I don't want to save you a little bit. I, I don't just want you to come to church. I'm glad you come to church and sing, and I'm glad you give. I'm glad that, but I didn't save you just so you'd warm a seat. I saved you to the uttermost. I there is a height I'd like to take you that you've never seen before. Stop thinking when you come to church, well, I'm just at church, and there's the sermon, and now I go home. No, we're talking about the greatness of our God, the magnificence of our salvation, the utter transformation of our lives. The enemy has decided that you've got Mount Trashmore salvation. You've got a bump salvation. No, no. Jesus wants you to receive, somebody shout, great salvation. And I want you to embrace the magnitude of it for yourself. In uh, C.S. Lewis, somebody say C.S. Lewis. If it says C.S. Lewis, read it, watch it, whatever. Amen? Yeah, C.S. Lewis. I get such a kick out of C.S. Lewis. Anyway, in his book, The Weight of Glory, he writes, It is a serious thing to live in a society. Okay, let me, I got to read this. The way it needs to be read. It is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses. To remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you talk to may one day be a god. Now you would be strongly tempted to worship it. Or else a creature of horror and corruption that you would meet only in a nightmare. Gods and goddesses. A nightmare. He continues, all day long we are in some degree helping each other. I'm going to read this again. This is too rich. All in all, all day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities. It is with the awe and the circumspection proper to them that we should conduct all our dealings with one another. All of our friendship, all of our loves, all play, all politics. And he, he completes, there are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. I feel like there should be organ music in the background right now. I just... Just look around right now. Say, I don't want them to hear this, Pastor. They're already full of themselves. Well, that means they probably need to hear this message right now. Because if you're humble, you will be exalted. Do you hear the possibility of C.S. Lewis's proposition? I'm in awe of what it means to be born again as a child of God. I am in awe of salvation, but not that I simply will have a moral foundation of my life on this earth, but that I have become a child of God. And what I shall be 
in what I, I shall be now and ultimately in the hereafter is absolutely spectacular. It's great. It, I, I didn't just get saved. I just don't have another religion. I have been saved by the Son of God. And when I see him, we shall be like him. Jesus. It's enough to cause you to lose your fear of death. Death, yeah. Anybody ever heard of it? But death for me, anybody with me on this, is a transformation. When you don't see me in this body, I will be in my new body. Listen, I'm telling you the truth. I'm not just trying to get you excited. I'm just telling you the truth. You need to know that your salvation is a great salvation. It's not a measly, mediocre, you know, little tiny little thing that's in my life. It's like, you know, I I was born here and I work here. And oh, by the way, I'm saved. No, no. Under everything and above everything and around everything is this great salvation that I have through Jesus. It's where we are. Some things I want to point out. About this, what is God's great salvation? Salvation is salvation is death and resurrection. You thought, oh, I just said something. No, salvation is you died and now you're alive. Amen. Salvation is death. Somebody say death. Yeah. That's why you struggle so much getting saved. It's like people were pushing, come on, give your life. Nah, I don't want to. No, why? Because I really love who I am right now. And I don't want to change. I don't need all this transformation in my life. I like dealing with my mess the way I deal with it. People just stink. People are just stupid and they bother me and I can't stand them. And because of that, I'm going to have to be ready to hurt people. And, and I've got a lot of stuff that's happened in my life. Wait, wait. Are you ready to take everything and let it die and come alive in Jesus Christ? Because that's what salvation is. It's death and resurrection. It's it's by the by the grace you have been by, by for by grace Ephesians two and eight you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God not of works now I want to say that say say grace somebody shout grace. grace now you have heard grace preached on if you have ever been to church people talk about grace everybody shout grace, grace. everybody shout it different times you guys shout grace. grace 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 I mean we love grace don't we. We're saved by grace, not by works. And, and, and th- this is what happens And as you're giving your life to Jesus. Here's some words. Let me just throw some words out at you. Confession. Anybody believe confession is important? All right, you can do it right now. Confess. I don't want people to know my stuff. Okay, keep your shame then, all right? Uh, confession. Repentance, confession that you're a sinner in need of a savior, that you have sinned, are sinning, and that's pretty much been your story. Repentance that you acknowledge that you have been a sinner and you turn away. Repentance is, man, I'm sorry that I'm always doing this. No, repentance is, I'm done with that life. It's dead to me. Faith, believing that Jesus is the one savior who can remove your sin. You know, anybody ever been to the mall before? They got this tattoo place, and they got one guy standing there with like an axe in his hand right next to a Buddha. It's like they got, they got Buddha standing there. Um, and they got, I'm trying to figure, do we throw axes here or do we meditate on Buddha? You know, what do we do? So Buddha will not save you. Amen. I said Buddha will not save you. Should I go on? 
Okay, Muhammad will not save you. The Quran will not save you. Pastor, we've got to coexist. I understand that. I understand that there are different religions, but there is only one way to heaven, and that is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. There is no... That's, that's the word of God. You say, Pastor, you're making that up. Do you just not like people that are not of your religion? I love people. They are not mere mortals. I love them, and I love what they can become. And no, I don't go around slapping people and say, ah, you're going to hell. I mean, that's not, that's not the way that I preach Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? But at the same time, I know this. That there is no other name under heaven whereby man can be saved except through Jesus Christ. There is no other name except Jesus. That he died. Anybody believe that he died and that he rose again? Accept the Holy Spirit into your life. Just accept the Holy Spirit. And submit yourself to baptism in water. How many think that's a good idea? You should be baptized. Can I get an amen? You should be baptized. You, you become sons and daughters of God. This is the process of the work of grace. You don't buy it. It's purchased for you. It's valuable. Do you understand that? You say, the only things that are valuable are things I paid money for. No, you bought a really nice car, but it will die. It will quit. It will not run anymore. You got a really nice house, but you'll have to fix that roof. You'll have to, come on, you understand, it's corruptible. They burn down, all kinds of stuff. But what you have been given to you is valuable and indestructible. No one can take it away. Grace. It is by grace. You know, sometimes it's like, uh, this is awesome, but there's so much more going on. Kind of like, you know, I'm saved. But it's kind of like owning a car and you have the keys and the title, but you refuse to drive it. You're always in an Uber, letting somebody else do the driving. Look, if it's my car, I'm driving it, brother. So salvation, you need to get into this great salvation. Don't just, I'll, I'll, I'll drive it if I need it. Stop. Get into salvation. Sometimes we just skip ahead and only acknowledge the work of grace because we like grace because we believe. Now, the Bible does not, does not say this at all. We believe that the reason God gave us grace is so that we can continue living in the death that he raised us from. That's what people believe. Pastor, I'm saved like everybody else is. Don't you be judging me. That is somebody that has not truly met Jesus and his great salvation. If, you are try, if you're doing this in the Bible constantly, I just need to find out if this is a sin so I can do it or not. If you are doing that, that is evidence that you have a minuscule salvation. You got the $5 dollar store kind of salvation, okay? I'm talking about a greater salvation than that. It's kind of, it's kind of like Oreo cookies. Anybody like Oreo cookies? I love Oreo cookies. I got a pack of Oreo cookies right here. They're so amazing. I've eaten Oreo cookies for years. And you'll notice that this is the way some people get saved, okay? They just... They just take the cream filling. That's really good. I love cream filling. And they put everything else back in the bag. Just, just the cream filling. And can I tell you that's not God's will for your life? Uh, that It wasn't at all. In fact, if you look at the rest of this, Ephesians 2, verse 1. Now, we read already on this, the, the glorious work of salvation in verses 8 and 9. But could we read verses 1 and 7 before he says, by grace? Look at this. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin. 
I said it's about death and resurrection. You he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. Anybody know who that is? Satan, Satan, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. So you're either a son of God or a son of disobedience. You're sons and daughters of God or sons and daughters of disobedience. Uh, Among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh. Whatever our flesh wanted to do, that's what we do. How many have ever lived that way? Anybody? I mean, yesterday. Anybody? Anybody just lived that way? Whatever my flesh says, whatever my flesh wants to do. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. But God, but God, I love just saying that. Anybody, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up. Come on, this is the great salvation. I talked about height. And raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. I'm saying this is not just a religious movement. Where you decide, it's not just where you decide to give your tithes and teach a class and stand and sing. You need to embrace all of the benefits of this great salvation. Jesus. Okay, just two more things. I said we're alive in, with Christ Jesus. So I'm going to say this. Salvation offers us the opportunity to live in the presence of Christ. Yeah. Raised us up together. Jesus says, Matthew 28. And I surely, I will be with you always. So what does always mean? It means like, does always like in the original Greek mean Sundays? Or always? Always means what? Always. All the, God is good. All the time. Listen, children of God. Jesus is with you. He is, help me. He is literally with you. He's with you right now. Any saved people in the room? Anybody receive? Jesus is with you. He's with you. You might have him blocked right now. Maybe you've unfollowed him, but he's with you. And we sometimes struggle with this. We don't understand the great truth, but the scripture teaches this, that the spirit of God literally comes and begets Christ within us. I'm the, I am grateful for the sense of his presence. Wait, wait, wait. Some of us have a sense of the presence of Christ. I think Jesus might be here right now. What? You think he might be with you right now? And sometimes you hear what you think might be Jesus. Or it might be a cramp. 
probably a cramp. Because Jesus don't talk to me. And I don't think Jesus is with me. I want you to hear your pastor. I want you to hear this. Hear me. I'm not talking about a sensory response. And yes, that happens. And on occasion, he'll speak in different ways. I am saying that you are more than just being a Christian. You are with Christ. And we should transition ourselves a bit. Because I'm calling you to accept the complete hourly, minute-by-minute awareness of the presence of Christ. It is a life that is utterly, honestly resolved to find God's will and to do God's will. And everything you say, you want it to be the will of the Lord. You want, Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done. I'm, I'm already, I'm not going to be a part of his kingdom. I'm already a part of his kingdom. It's when you shove back every thought and say, hello, Jesus. I'm ready to hear your voice. I'm ready to walk with you and be directed by you. There's too many things that I can say here, but I want you to get this. I want you to just say, sometimes I tell you to say, welcome Holy Spirit. Let's change this term. Say, welcome Spirit of Christ. You should, every morning you should get up and say, hello, Jesus. Good morning, Jesus. Anybody ever do that? Hey, Jesus, what are we going to do today? I'm here. You, you want to tell me something? I'm going to follow you and follow your will the, because the steps of the righteous are ordered of the Lord and, and I'm just taking your orders in your direction. Let's forgive some people. Let's get excited about what the Lord Jesus, uh, hallelujah, what he can do in our life. Some, some of you are struggling here. Now I'm going to tell you why. Here's why you're struggling because this is the warfare and it's the general warfare of our culture. And the reason that we struggle recognizing the presence of Christ, recognizing the greatness of our salvation, and it's because our identities have not been healed. Salvation provides healing for your identity. Can I get a yes from somebody? And I, and I know that there are certain things we begin to think about immediately, like you know, where the scripture, it is the, it, it is. In Christ, that the complete being of the Godhead dwells embodied, and in Him you have been brought to completion. In Christ, you are brought to completion. This is a season for identity. I think it's one of the things that's happening with the church right now, is they're having to determine who they are. So when I say identity... I'm just going to preach this. When I say identity, our world, our culture is having a massive identity crisis. And what you are being told is to conform to the culture's identity. Am I preaching the truth? You are being told that you must conform to the identity of the culture. And if you truly love people, you would conform. Somebody say, go ahead. Somebody get old school and say, go ahead, preach, pastor. Do something like that. I'm listening to Jesus. Some within the church have surrendered themselves to the identity crisis of our culture, which only in part, but a great part, we hear in the claim 
that sexual brokenness. Okay, I'm going to go there because some people won't know unless I tell you. That the homosexual condition is an expression of variety in creation that God always intended. Literally saying, if God made them this way, should their right to their particular brand of intimacy be considered immoral? Hello? And in the struggle, I simply want to say, stop! Don't. It's not God's word. That's not his word. That's not the identity of Christ. But even more, it's against who God wants you to be and what God has provided. Why would you stoop to the identity of your sinful, broken culture and your mind when God has such great salvation to elevate you to when you die to the desires of the flesh and rise to his desire of righteousness? Do you not know that your true identity doesn't come from your sexuality? I said your true identity never comes from your sexuality. Did I say it loud enough? Is it online? Can you hear what I'm saying? It doesn't. Or from your choice to live and those things that oppose Christ and his word. It's just how I am. It's who I am. And I know people struggle. I know. I fought together. But I see people set free constantly. That is only one pinnacle of the understanding because there are those that have an identity of offense, an identity of anger, an identity of all kinds of things. And you say, well, I may not, I I may be wrong, but at least I'm not. No, we've got to get all of us, all of us to rise to the true identity of being individuals who are in Christ. Jesus. Listen to what Christ said to Peter. Christ asked this question, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Everybody say, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Do you believe that? Is that in your heart? Now watch. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church in the gates of Hades. The gates of hell <laughs> shall not prevail against it. All of death cannot destroy it. And I will give you... Wait, I mean, can I go back and look at this again? You are Peter. Okay, his name's Simon. Why is he calling him Peter? Because he changed his name from Simon to Peter because Peter is rock. You are a rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. Now, Peter had not risen to this revelation yet, but Christ spoke it into him before he ever denied Christ at the cross. You are Peter, and on this rock, I will build my church. I'm going to use you. I'm going to use you as a vehicle. I'm going to establish the church, your voice and your work and your leadership by the gifts of the Spirit that I'm going to pour into you are going to come, and and I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven Peter, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, this is a a personal statement to a guy who's struggling. Peter was struggling. Anybody know Peter? Peter. Peter's a fisherman. He's a fisherman. That's what he does. He identifies as a fisherman. He's a tough fisherman. He has a 
big boat and he has a great big net. And when he goes out and fishes, he knows where to find them. And when he comes in, he shows everybody, look at me. Probably had biceps too, kind of like somebody else here in the room, but <laughs> biceps. Look at my boat. Look at the fish that I can. Yeah, I'm a fisherman. Jesus said to him one day, Peter, if you follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men. I'm going to change your identity from an earthly fisherman to a spiritual fisherman. And he says here, I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. I'm going to actually establish the church. I'm going to use you. This is so good. So he had to re-identify. Hey, tough guy. I'm glad you're tough. When are you going to surrender to God's great salvation? Hey, hey, sweetheart. I know you got all things going. I'm glad for all your earthly gifts and when are you going to surrender your identity completely to the Lord Jesus? There is nothing like his great salvation. Identity asks you this question. Who am I really? Who am I really? And can I tell you that Christ didn't save you to leave you in your lameness he never saved you to leave you in the same brokenness that he found you in. He, can't, he came to completely heal you no matter where you come from. No more shame. Somebody praise God for no more shame. No more shame. The past is broken. The powers of the enemy are broken to raise you up, to cause you to be divinized, filled with godness, filled with the spirit of God, and to do powerful things for the kingdom. Jesus. Romans 10. Read this. Verse 11. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord is the Lord of all who richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So no longer are we Jew and Gentile. It's like freedom. People say, how can you come to church and worship like this? All these people, different diversity. How come there was racism all over the nation, but there wasn't any racism here at Freedom Fellowship? It's because we are all children of the Most High God. Because we're not looking for colors. We're not looking. We're looking for Jesus. And he wants to elevate us. Many of you, when I say identity, you're lost. And the reason you're lost is because of the mess that's in your life. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The mess that is there. And, and when I say that there is mess in your life, I'm saying, I think we forget, and it's, it's written in 1 Thessalonians 5.22, we forget who we are. The prayer in 1 Thessalonians is, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. Say it, through and through. That's a level. You understand that? It's like there's through and then there's through. It's like I'm saved skin deep right now. I'm saved, but I want to save you through and through. May your whole, say these next three words, spirit, Soul and body.
Be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your spirit, as a sinner, your spirit is dormant. But when you confess Christ, your supernatural part, the spirit man of you, rises up. Anybody got that? I mean, you think you just see, you know, skinny little Pastor Rick up here. I'm not so skinny, but uh, up here preaching. You see me up here. But if you could only see my spirit man right now. I am spirit And it causes me to be able to listen and talk to Christ. Does that make sense to anybody? But he says, I also want your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, your memory, your personality, motivation, all of that. Your soul and your body. Your body, your flesh, your senses, your touch, your taste, your smell. You see, sometimes we get hurt in our body. And we record it. In our soul. And then we live with certain triggers in our life. But we're saved. We just can't get along with anybody. So I'm saved. Well, maybe, maybe you've had an experience with Christ. But he wants to save you deeply. He wants your soul to be saved. Can I help you? I help you personally. Christ has brought up memories to me before. Now, some of you aren't ready for your memories right now to be brought up. not ready. You need to get saved first, all right? But he, how many know what I'm talking about? Memories, things that I never had dealt with in my life that caused me to be anxious, caused me to be angry, caused me to be hurt, caused me to be afraid to step out and do things for Christ because of things that people had done, pain that I'd had, scars upon my soul. Somebody knows about this, don't you? Is there anybody that might say, well, pastor, I got some scars, I got through it, you know, daddy treated me this way, and I don't like him, I never want to talk to him again, but I'm saved, hallelujah. God wants to take you back and heal you in that place in your life. You just got, you got a little salvation, but he wants to go and take you to places where you were offended. He also wants to take you to places where you were the offender. You will find yourself walking back to a wife to a child and say, honey, I just came back because Jesus has saved me. And I know I might have wounded you at some time, but I'm standing here to tell you that Jesus has forgiven me and I want you to forgive me as well. They might not even be ready to hear that message. They may not be ready. They might say, after all you did, you're going to come right here. You know what you just did? You opened up a well of healing for them by asking for their forgiveness and and giving them the mercy of God and beginning to set them free and pointing them to Jesus. I feel like preaching all day today. Jesus. See, the... The question is, is your spirit or your body the master of your soul? Is your new spirit man the master of your soul? Or is your old flesh still the master of your soul? Salvation is about death and resurrection. It's about dying to the past and coming alive in the Lord Jesus. It's not, again, I'm just so frustrated sometimes about this because the enemy has fought and we have gotten sucked right into it. I'm saved. Ain't going to deal with nothing. I'm saved. Still the person. Yeah, I'm saved. Don't Listen, God wants to save you completely. He wants to heal you. Salvation, remember this. Salvation is the word sozo. Say it, sozo. 
sozo. Say it. Now read this with me. Sozo. Rescued, delivered, preserved, healed, and renewed in your mind. I I got saved by... I know the devil still runs part of me right now, but... Preserved, healed. Our minds are often deeply wounded more deeply wounded than we realize. It kind of filters down. You know, I, I think some people forget this. Anybody got babies? Pray for your babies. Can I get an amen? Pray for your babies. Pray for your children. Don't stop praying for your children. You know, when, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting in Luke 141, the Bible said the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. What? So... Should you pray for the child that you have just conceived? All right. Should you? Should you pray? Because God already has a plan for the child that is within your womb. Can I get an amen from somebody? Say, Pastor, you're getting political right now. This is not a political issue. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. Say, I ain't going to put it. Listen, get totally healed. Get totally saved. So nothing matters but... The enemy is such a lie. I rebuke Satan in the name of Jesus. You know, I have wounds from my life that the Lord has had to deal with and heal me of. I won't go back into all of those now because I have preached all of my wounds pretty much to you. I just, I just keep confessing all my crap. Did I say crap? Yes, I did. Forgive me, Jesus. All right. So just keep confessing it. Anybody else got something you need to deal with? They can't. Ex- See, wounds are also passed down generationally. He, he wants to provide healing for you generationally as well. Through confession. I'm finished preaching. Somebody come and play some keys. Somebody say confession. I, I mentioned a moment ago, you get a new relationship with God without shame. Wow. Confession. Say it out loud. Confession. You tired of that mess haunting you? Confess it to Christ. And confess it to someone else that you trust. How about the spirit of Christ? When we're saved, we receive a constant knowledge and experience of his presence. Anybody want that? The very presence of God with you. Or through, through, through his spirit, a constant and deep healing of your life. And wounded memories of your life. I want to be greatly saved. Stand with me. I'm finished preaching, I think. So... Let's give thanks to the Lord for what he's speaking to us. Could you just thank the Lord? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's not leaving time. It's praying time. It's praying time. It's praying time now. It's praying time. It's one o'clock. I know what time it is. I'm late. What's that? That's right. That's right. Yeah. I remember, you know, Dak is a man of great faith, by the way. I was listening to him after he broke his ankle. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, his season's over, but his ankle, you know what? As soon as I saw it, it looked just like Diana's ankle when it was broken. I prayed for him. And then I heard him get online and talk about his faith. And the reason I prayed for him is, and since you brought it up, you know, all right. Uh, at the beginning of his season, I was studying him. This is a guy named Dak Prescott who was, until he broke his ankle severely uh, this past week, compound fracture in the game. Uh, He was the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. But while he was deciding to come on the team and they were negotiating everything, 
he had a disaster with his brother. Uh, lost his life. Took his life. And then Dak was struggling with depression all through the season. And it was through his faith that the Lord got him through. And I'm thinking, no, now he broke his ankle. What's, what are you going to do now, Jesus? He broke his ankle. It's like Jesus is not scratching his head. But what's next going on in his life? Anybody had some bad stuff going on in your life? How many know that God has saved you enough to get you through whatever you're facing right now? Thanks for bringing that up, Vinny. I'm grateful. Yeah. I want us to come and pray. First, we're going to receive communion, and then we're going to pray. Okay? This is the supper of the Lord, and we consecrate these items that we have in our hands. This is the body and the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. We don't do this in memory of Christ who is gone. We do it in recognition of Christ who is here. Jesus said, I'm with you always. He explained that they should not be afraid. And he gave them the supper. And he said, whenever you guys get together, do this. Do this. And he blessed the bread. He broke the bread. And he blessed the cup. And he gave the cup. If you're online right now, would you join us online? Would you go ahead and get a cup and some bread and... We just sanctified in the name of Jesus. We do not receive this as just simply articles of food. We receive this, Lord Jesus, as from you, your body, your blood. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he broke it, he gave it to his disciples and said, This bread is my body. It is my body which is broken for you. Take and receive it. Are you ready? The body of Christ. Receive the body of Christ. The cup. Take the cup. He said, This cup is the cup of the new covenant. Listen to what he said My blood that's poured out for you. I'm so thankful for the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus. The blood of Christ. Receive the cup. want praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Is there anyone that wants the great salvation? Somebody say the great salvation. The great salvation. I'm not asking you to come just to be born again. I'm asking you to receive salvation on a higher level. Now listen, listen. That may mean for some of you, you're just going to come up and have a conversation with someone. Okay? I want my altar workers, you know, I mean, last week we had my Living Waters team, and I'm, I'm welcoming Living Waters team to come forward, too, for this prayer time. Leaders, just come and stand in this altar space. We'll all be masked and ready to pray for you. Look at me. Look. If you're living in shame, today would be a good day for confession. Say it. Confession. When you come forward, altar workers... I know you'll do this, but you're going to ask them what they need. And it might be some of the areas that we talked about. You might just say, I need a greater salvation. You might say, I have some wounds in my heart. I need healing in my life. It might be regarding your family that you would truly be able to minister as Christ would have you to to your wife, to your children. You know exactly what it is because Jesus is here and he's calling some of you to prayer. Just bow your heads where you are for a moment. 
and surrender yourself. Say, I surrender, I surrender, I surrender. I surrender. It's such a joy to see people truly coming to Christ, getting some of the baggage off of their shoulders, coming to Christ. So if you want now, if you are those who want to come, I want you to begin moving towards the front of the building and people will meet you here. People will meet you here. We even have more altar workers that will come as these have been covered. But just begin to walk forward. You need me. I love you. Listen, listen. I got to tell you this because you don't understand. There's nothing that you could tell me that will cause me not to love you. You are a good gift from God. You have great possibility. You are not mere mortal. God wants to do supernatural things within your life. If you want prayer, start moving towards the front. Over here to my right, come swiftly. If you want prayer, if you just want to talk, come forward. We want to pray with you. Come here, sis. Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you. Turn his favor towards you and give you peace. The Lord bless you. I love you so much. Walk in the peace of the Lord. We're going to remain up here for prayer for a moment longer and we have plenty of prayer workers who will meet you here. You be dismissed when you choose. Thanks for being here. If you're new, I can't wait to talk to you personally. God bless you all.